Good evening, folks, and welcome back on this Saturday, the 13th day of August, 2022. I'm your host, Mark Colland. After a week that was arguably one of the most eventful yet when it comes to the meltdown of the United States and its conversion, as planned, obviously, into a banana republic or, more appropriately, outright totalitarian dictatorship. Sometimes we look back at the events of the week chronologically, this time almost so, but more importantly, in terms of, well, importance especially when it comes to the depth of evil now being revealed. Over the weekend, the Senate burned through another three-quarters of a trillion dollars, earmarked for literally destroying the world, and don't think for a second that turning off world energy supplies won't do that. And, more importantly, the United States, too. Evidently, that has to be completed first. And as it turns out, one of the things not so well hidden in the satanically misnamed Inflation Reduction Act, now it's the Freedom Reduction Act, really, was a huge increase in the budget for the Federal Reserve's totalitarian enforcement arm, the IRS, which wants 87,000 more agents to not only audit but put an end to middle-class Americans. The term that the Declaration of Independence used, you may recall, is swarms of officers sent here to harass our people and eat out their substance. And isn't it funny? It's almost like they know that there's hyperinflation coming, so they'd better be able to crack down with a vengeance. And unlike the Pentagon, which they're now bigger than, which at least allegedly buys weapons to protect Americans from foreign invaders, <laughs> well, unless they come across the southern border, everybody knows that the IRS's weapons are intended to be used against Americans. And reports are now indicating they have enough ammo purchased and on hand, about half a billion rounds or so, to put at least one bullet in every single man, woman, and child in the once free United States. Oh, and I guess I'll skip ahead at this point because it fits here. There was a job posting that was up on the web, on the IRS website, for a while. Then it was removed, perhaps because of the stink that it engendered. Says Zero Hedges Summary, IRS sparks uproar over job posting that says, quote, be willing to use deadly force. The major duties of the job that was, at least for a while, up online and probably still is, it's just you're not going to hear about it anymore, include, quote, carry a firearm and be willing to use deadly force if necessary and be willing and able to participate in arrests, executions, uh, well, executions of search warrants, but given what we're seeing, doesn't that pretty much amount to the same thing, and other dangerous assignments. An analysis by House Republicans shows that Americans earning less than $75,000 per year will receive 60% of the additional, well, audits, coercion, focus from the new goon squad. Those making more than a million, only a tiny fraction of the new audits. And isn't that amazing, but not in the least surprising. At this point, you almost have to admit that the Italian mafia is at least more honest than the swamp mafia because they call it protection money. Now, here's what's also interesting. While this was happening, and uh, of course we needed a smokescreen to make sure it didn't really get the press that it deserved, something else was going on, at least originally under some shroud of secrecy, but by Monday afternoon it was out. What can only at this point properly be called the American Gestapo, GRU, SS, NKVD, KGB, pick a three-letter agency, folks, but FBI seems to be oozing to the top of that disgusting heap, was raiding the Mar-a-Lago home of President Donald Trump. It was rightfully called unprecedented because it's the very first time in American history anything even remotely like that has ever happened, even though it was arguably a lot more deserved several times. But uh, hey, some people really are above the law. Others, it doesn't matter. 
And since this one really will go down in the history books, that is, if honest versions are ever actually written outside the Fourth Reich, let's try to review some of it anyway, the way it unfolded chronologically. On Tuesday, your host referred to it as the first, at least rhetorical, shots fired in Civil War 2.0. Big Brother and his Gestapo have fired off yet another major Fort Sumter event. And if you didn't already know that the rule of law was dead, stay tuned, because the hits just keep on coming. And let's go first to the Daily Mail headline from the UK rather than the American Pravda. After all, the open gloating by the Fourth Reich and their Gestapo about putting down the enemy of the fatherland is a bit tough to take. FBI raids Mar-a-Lago, it says today, as part of investigation, sick, into, quote, classified material Trump took after departing White House. Ex-president confirms, quote, my home was under siege by a large group of agents who even broke into my safe. And the difficult part about the magnitude of this, folks, is really trying to put it all into perspective. History is replete with examples and non-examples, but let's start with a really recent example. Kind of a slap in the face, courtesy of J.D. Hayes and Natural News, who put it this way, as it turns out, just before this particular news broke. Quote, while it's not likely to happen anytime soon, he wrote, there's no better time than now for Congress to defund and disband the FBI because it's become nothing more than a Democrat protection agency like the Just Us Department that it answers to. And there's no better proof of this, he continues, than the Bureau's politicized behavior when it comes to protecting Joe Biden and his corrupt bribe collector, the whoring, crack-smoking, influence-peddling son, Hunter Biden. Oops, well, there is now. The federal fixers confiscated that incriminating laptop. They've had it ever since, and if they'd gotten away with it, you'd have still never heard about it. But now the regime's internal KGB is breaking new ground, even for a banana republic. Here's how the U.K. spin begins. Donald Trump said on Monday that his Mar-a-Lago home has been raided by the FBI, reportedly as part of an investigation. i got to say it again, sick. You know they're not investigating anything, folks. This corrupt bunch of fixers doesn't find evidence. They disappear it. This is a political assassination. Into, it says, whether or not the former president took classified documents with him when he left the White House. Full stop. Do you know who has the sole power to declassify anything and everything? Answer, the sitting president. All he had to do was declassify him and then take anything he wanted. They don't even bother to tell you that. They do, though, say this, and I'm not going to read it the way they printed it. The raid comes as Donald Trump is considering another bid for the presidency. So far, it's true. And his actions after the 2020 election, where he tried to invalidate, and here I'm going to paraphrase just a bit, the open theft of a U.S. election by those pulling the strings of the senile, diapered at both ends, marionette-in-chief. And they're under investigation by lawmakers, got to say sick again here, don't I, on Capitol Hill. The latest attack on the rule of law began Monday and took hours. A reporter tweeted at 6.36 p.m. that the agents had, quote, just left. Trump released his statement announcing the raid. He wasn't even in Mar-a-Lago when it happened at 6.52 p.m., saying the following. These are dark times for our nation, as my beautiful home, Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, is currently under siege, raided, and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. Nothing like this has ever happened to a president of the United States before, said Trump in the shocking statement released on Monday night. And that, folks, is true. 
After working and cooperating with irrelevant government agencies, he continued, this unannounced raid on my home was neither necessary nor appropriate. In the lengthy statement, he called it prosecutorial misconduct, the weaponization of the Just Us system, and an attack by radical left Democrats who desperately don't want me to run for president in 2024, especially based on recent polls, and who will likewise do anything to stop Republicans and conservatives in the upcoming midterm elections. And that, folks, is an obvious understatement. This part is kind of obvious as well, but it notes that the highly politicized legal arm of the leftist takeover, i.e. the Department of Justice, wouldn't say whether or not the scumbag, truly reprobate, masquerading as Attorney General Merrick Garland, had personally authorized the search. But, and everybody knows this, it's highly unlikely that an actual raid for the first time in American history on a former president, actually a re-elected president, but they're not about to say that, would take place without the AG giving it his personal stamp of approval. The story claims the White House knew nothing about it, and that, folks, at least has a certain ring of truth. I don't think the White House knows when it wants to take a dump, but you can bet those pulling his strings did. In his lengthy statement, which the Daily Mail does at least quote in full, President Trump goes on to note that, sadly, America has now become one of those, well, banana republic countries, corrupt at a level never seen before. They even broke into my safe, he said, and he asked, what's the difference between this and Watergate, where operatives broke into the Democrat National Committee? Here, in reverse, Democrats broke into the home of the 45th president of the United States. One easy answer to that question, folks. Nixon had to cover it up and lie about it. This Bolshevik revolution is warning their enemies what they intend to do to them next. He references the fully debunked war that's been going on to him ever since he thwarted the plans of the Wicked Witch of the West to steal the 2016 election, but for the scope of the landslide. From Russia, 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 to the scam impeachment hoax number one and number two, and so much more, and noted that Hillary Clinton was allowed to delete and acid wash, as he puts it, 33,000 emails after they were even subpoenaed by Congress. But nothing has been done to hold her accountable. She even took antique furniture, White House china, and pretty much you name it, folks. When the Clintons were booted from the White House, it was outright theft, and you know what happened there, or didn't. And remember what happened after other boxes of confidential information were found in the Clintons' bedroom? (laughs) Yeah, same answer. I guess, though, come to think of it, those weren't so much confidential government information as they were, uh, well, evidence. A number of high-profile attorneys, most of them even on the left, universally condemned the Banana Republic-style political hit after it happened. Alan Dershowitz appeared with Sean Hannity to talk about the raid, along with their official legal analyst. First, they turned to Greg Jarrett, and he made some excellent points about the Presidential Records Act of 1978. Uh, Why the big show only when it's a conservative? Because it's Donald Trump. And this is the weaponization for political purposes by the FBI and the Department of Justice. You're right, Sean, when you identify the Presidential Records Act of 1968, uh, 78, which is far from a model of clarity. And in fact, it's one of the more opaque laws you'll ever read. Uh, one of the problems with it is that it gives discretion uh, and authority to the incumbent president to decide what constitutes presidential papers. He may identify, exclude, and dispose of presidential papers. 
and you point out the classified nature, allegedly, of some of the documents identified by the National Archives. They're not a competent agency to recognize classified documents because a president is the ultimate authority in declassifying documents. He may do so with a wave of his hand without notification to the National Archives. So I think what you're really seeing here uh, is an abuse of power by the FBI and absolutely uh, both Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, and the FBI Director Christopher Wray. They would have to have signed off on this, yes. Greg. You would agree with that, correct? Oh, absolutely. They signed. I okay. mean, look, no agent or official at the FBI is going to undertake uh, a raid of this magnitude on a former president of the United States without going to the individuals at the very top. That's Garland and Ray. From there, Sean Hannity turned to the incredible hypocrisy, crimes for thee, but not for me, noting that not only the evil whoremeister James Comey actually did do something very similar, and of course got away with it, but the premier example, arguably in history, of a high-level official actually getting caught red-handed, or red-underwear, stuffing national security documents into his drawers at the National Archives, was former Clinton-era U.S. National Security Advisor Sandy Berger. If you remember the case of Sandy Berger, Sandy Berger went into to the National Archives, he literally shoved documents down into his crotch, on his in his backside, into his socks, and walked out with those documents. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for. Move along. Move along. But double standard is basically still an understatement, said Alan Dershowitz. Well, definitely, there is a double standard. Uh, we've seen so many instances of allegedly classified material being a compromise. But then he shifted gears to this, and it's vital. Listen carefully. The key point that everybody's missing here is that Donald Trump was not in Mar-a-Lago. So there was no reason not to issue a subpoena returnable tomorrow. So that there's no claim that Trump could have destroyed anything. This should have been a subpoena, not a search warrant. If it is a search warrant, it has to have a high level of cause demonstrating that the evidence would have been destroyed. And he won't say it, but I will. Seems like he's still making excuses for Hitlery. If you're far enough left and the evidence is intended to be destroyed, the FBI will be there to help out. Not only that, but under the law, if you seize a safe, you don't go into the safe. You have to get a special warrant to get into the safe. And you have to prove that the material in the locked safe would have been destroyed. So it seems to me that they have violated the rules of the Justice Department. They have gone after both a former president and a future candidate. And they darn well better have smoking gun proof, which I don't see happening. Well, wait a second there. We don't have to have actual proof. The FBI has pretty good history of just making it up. And now at least they have the cover to do so. And clearly there's been a double standard here. But even if it was a single standard, it's not good enough. You don't get a warrant unless a subpoena won't suffice. In a democratic, rule-of-law country, you do it legitimately. Okay, well, that's as close as he's going to get. This is not a rule-of-law country. And here he returns to Greg Jarrett for the key question. And I'll paraphrase it, admittedly, a bit more bluntly. How long are Americans going to put up with this incredible, truly communist, Stalinist, Soviet-style, not just double standard, but travesty masquerading as law? 
the same with Hillary, the 33,000 emails, the dirty dossier, the FISA applications, Sandy Berger. You run through the list and nothing ever happens if you're not a, a conservative or a Republican or a Trump supporter. Yeah. Let's just take one of those examples, Hillary Clinton. Her uh, home in Chappaqua was never raided, even though she maintained a private server there, upon which she downloaded uh, classified top-secret documents, thereby jeopardizing national security and violating the espionage not once or ten times, but roughly a hundred times, accounting for the number of classified documents that she essentially stole and, as I say, jeopardized national security to hacks. And we, in fact, have pretty solid evidence that her server was hacked and foreign agencies uh, retrieved American top-secret documents because of her actions. Was she ever prosecuted? No. James Comey stood in front of television cameras uh, and he identified all the crimes she committed and then did a pirouette in the course of five seconds and said, but no reasonable prosecutor would ever bring such a case. Now, wait a minute. we got to pause at this point. No reasonable prosecutor would ever have brought such a case. Well, certainly no actual real or imagined prosecutor, and for that matter, no actual law enforcement agency would have ever done what Merrick Garland and these scumbags just finished pulling off. And there's the contrast, folks. No reasonable prosecutor would ever bring such a case. Uh, thousands of reasonable prosecutors would have loved to have brought that case. And besides, James Comey isn't the prosecuting authority. He usurped the power of the attorney general. That's just one example of the double standard that exists with Donald Trump. Alan Dershowitz, even though he continues to excuse Hitler's criminality and those who've been covering up for her, at least hit this nail on the head. I don't think you use search warrants and prosecutions to go after political enemies. I'll skip the brief book ad here. That's what happens in banana republics. That's what happens in third world countries. That's not supposed to happen in the United States. It was right not to go after Hillary Clinton because she was a candidate for president. You need a much higher standard, but you can't apply one standard to Hillary Clinton and another standard to Donald Trump. Well, ignoring for a second the fact that there was no standard, including treason, applied to Hillary Clinton, at least the point is made. From there, we'll turn to a bit of the fallout. Your host will suggest yet again that it's intended. For example, American Military News reported that after the Gestapo-style raid, the term Civil War began trending on Twitter. By 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, about three hours after Trump announced the raid on his own social media platform, Truth Social, Civil War had been tweeted or retweeted more than 35,000 times as it began to trend. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, just one of them, noted that what happened was, quote, the type of things that happen in countries during civil war, adding the political persecution must stop, unquote, and unless, folks, people put a stop to it, you know darn well it's only going to accelerate. What the deep state is forcibly putting a stop to is freedom of assembly, freedom of speech, a free press, and any right of the people to petition a crooked government for a redress of grievance. The expression termination with extreme prejudice hits the mark there. National divorce said this story was another trending keyword. Others included Hitlery, although they didn't spell it right, referring to the criminally evil former Secretary of State with nearly 80,000 tweets. Ray, referring to the whoremeister-in-chief, of course. And Garland, referring to America's own wannabe Heinrich Himmler, Reichsführer of the uh, FBI. 
America's arguably most forthright politician, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, came out with a blistering response to the Monday night Gestapo raid on President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence, saying, quote, The raid of MAL is another escalation in the weaponization of federal agencies against the regime's political opponents, while people like Hunter Biden get treated with kid gloves, he said. And now he added, and remember, folks, they pulled this off on the very same day that the Senate signed off on this totalitarian enabling act. The regime is getting another 87,000 IRS agents to wield against its adversaries. Yep, Banana Republic. And from the House Judiciary Committee, this tweet, which is particularly apropos, quote, if they can do it to a former president, imagine what they can do to you. Well, you don't have to, folks. All you have to do is read history. Or for that matter, George Orwell. And finally, there's no shortage of people who have been advising what's coming for a long time that are now saying, see, we told you so, it's here. One of them, and I guess we'll start off slowly and work our way up, is well-known cycles analyst and economic prognosticator extraordinaire Martin Armstrong, who says the Democrats are obviously desperate to win in November by any means necessary, and they're taking the United States down the drain in order to forcefully impose their will, or should I say, the Great Reset. On the approaching 250th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence, the far left is toying with what will most likely end in a civil war. Your host will say again, I think that's the intent, folks. And, of course, this is also obviously the intent, the complete destruction of the once-free United States. Never, he says, in the entire history of the United States has a former president been indicted for any criminal misconduct, not for lack of having deserved it. This has not been because, says Armstrong, there was never such an incident. Most importantly, the historic precedent is that post-term indictment is not legally allowed. Americans don't like the idea of criminalizing politics. Just look at what's happening in Ukraine. Remember that in January 2022, Ukraine's former president, Petro Poroshenko, landed in Kiev and was charged with treason by the American puppet and comedian Zelensky in a case that illustrates the danger of criminalizing politics. And no doubt about it. Most banana republics do the same. One party gets a hold on power, they try to prosecute, persecute, and ultimately even kill the opposition. Up until now, though, both political parties, as well as the public, have seen the prospect of post-term immunity as a guarantee that this country's politics will remain civil and that power will peacefully transition from one party to the other. I guess all of that ended, arguably, when the election was stolen and the so-called transition happened by corruption, subterfuge, Theft and, yeah, I'll say it again, outright treason. But any semblance of peaceful transition, he says, is now crumbling before our eyes. That very precedent, he notes, is what drove then-President Gerald Ford to pardon Richard Nixon. It's also the reason why the Office of the Independent Council decided not, although there was tons of evidence, to indict former President Bill Clinton for perjury. And that was probably among the least of his crimes. Never, says Martin Armstrong, in the history of the United States has the FBI ever carried out such a raid. He goes on to note that his computer models are showing that 2022 will represent what he calls a panic cycle, followed in 2023 by a violent cycle, including civil war. And he notes the socialist, Democrat, leftist, Bolsheviks, call them whatever you want, they've certainly crossed the line to the point where the United States is now a banana republic of oppression. The nation has been polarized to the extreme, and this event will almost certainly put it over the top. 
Author Vox Day, echoing those sentiments, notes that this is a really bad sign for the continued existence of the United States as a unitary political entity, given that, once upon a time anyway, the primary requirement for the peaceful transition of power was to permit the previous officeholder effective immunity for actions in office. Federal actions now are more in line with, yep, say it again, third world banana republic traditions, which means regular coups, corruption, and government collapses. And while President Trump may otherwise have been a pretty good president, his courage, he says, failed him in the end. And now it looks like he's beginning to learn the price of failing to fight when the situation requires it. And on that score, folks, whether I like it or not, your host has to agree. Trump knew or should have known, given the character of the people that he was well aware of, that this was inevitably going to happen. And he should have fought while he still had a chance. Could we very well have had a civil war back in January of 2021? Look back and ask yourself, wouldn't we be better off if we had? Given the intended and successful destruction of everything from the food supply chain to the energy infrastructure to the, well, entire manufacturing base of the country, could we possibly have been any worse off at this point than we are? Could the rule of law be any more dead, for that matter? I'll say it again. I have suggested for years now that the worst possible thing for this country would be a civil war. Well, that is, with the exception of what Big Brother and the Deep State have planned instead. And now they seem to have decided, well, we're going to get the Civil War at this point, now that we're successful elsewhere, anyway. We'll pick it up right there and with what happened next after the bottom of the hour break. Welcome back now to the second segment for this evening. I am your host, Mark Hall, and let's start this one off by picking up right where we left off, and with an observation and maybe an admission. I kind of lost patience a while back with all these different alternative or conservative shows counting down from some date. Hey, was the fall of America when the Fauci bioweapon was released by communist China, or when the Zyklon B injection was deployed? Or when the Biden puppet masters stole the election or put down a peaceful counter-revolution attempt on January the 6th? Or was it a 100-plus years ago with the fall of honest weights and measures and the institution of the Federal Reserve and their enforcement arm, the IRS, which, oh, by the way, shouldn't feel left out of the Standing Army Tyranny Brigade because they just got another 87,000 henchmen of their own. So really, just how long has America been held hostage? Well, one thing, folks, is for absolutely certain. This is at least day five or six by now. The First Amendment's literally been shut down for at least months, if not years at this point. They recently just lynched Alex Jones. And as you've no doubt heard, earlier this week, America's Gestapo, and let's be honest about it, that's what they are, raided the home of President Trump just because they can, and nobody's about to stop them. 
hey, they can kill people in a church, they can execute women holding babies, why not? And just to make the case that the dike has been broken, as if the FBI was ever actually held back by the rule of law anyway, by midweek, the Nazi-era stories were literally piling up. Oh, wait a minute, before we continue, I do have to do one bit of this, a little bit out of sequence. By Friday, the dirtbag masquerading as Attorney General, Merrick Garland, actually came out and admitted what everybody already knew. He ordered the raid personally. He proceeded that with a bunch of whoppers that literally would have made Adolf blush when it comes to the big lie. If we have time, and I'm not going to promise it, we may get around to trying to subject ourselves to some of those. But towards the end, as the Gateway Pundit put it, he actually did seem to come right out and threaten Americans who attack the so-called, <laughs> get this, integrity of the FBI. Here's the exact quote. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. So let me be clear on this, folks. I am not attacking the integrity of the FBI because it's pretty blankety-blank and clear they don't have any. And back to the sequence here because if you have any doubts on that score, just stay tuned. Almost contemporaneously with the Trump raid... Representative Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, who is, of course, a staunch Trump supporter, Uh uh-oh, it's open season on you now, was also subjected to FBI's impartial enforcement of the law. In an exclusive statement, he told Fox News that while he was traveling with his family earlier on Tuesday, he was approached by three Gestapo or uh, FBI agents who handed him a warrant and then demanded, requested, well, they took it anyway, his cell phone. They made, quote, no attempt to contact my lawyer, who would have made arrangements for them to have my phone if that was their wish. I'm outraged, he said, though not surprised, that the FBI, under the direction of Merrick Garland's DOJ, sick, would seize the phone of a sitting member of Congress, he said. My phone contains info about my legislative and political activities, my personal and private discussions with my wife, family, constituents, and friends, and none of this is the government's business. Well, sorry, Congressman, wrong, because that was back when we actually had a legitimate government. What we have now instead, uh, well, I'll just put it this way, it's tyrannically obvious. And as the week progressed, more came out about the pogrom in South Florida. The federal judge, sick, who signed off on the Gestapo raid, lot with Merrick Himmler, of course, turns out to be, guess what, under the influence, and I'm trying to put it as kindly as I can, of a fellow who may or may not be dead, but one thing's for sure, he didn't kill himself, Jeffrey Epstein. Says the multiply source summary, this one from Zero Hedge, if there were any question as to whether or not the FBI raid on Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate was rife with corruption, details from the so-called search warrant authorizing it ought to clear up any doubt. Although information is sparse, of course, and will probably remain so, given that the warrant, such as it is, remains under seal, one piece of information that couldn't be kept hidden now sheds new light on the, well, obvious motives behind the raid. The judge who signed off on the search warrant was none other than Bruce E. Reinhardt, U.S. Magistrate Judge for the South District of Florida, who, before assuming that office, was an attorney in private practice who represented a number of associates of, yep, Jeffrey Epstein. Was he directly on Epstein's payroll? Well, we can't prove that. Of course, the FBI isn't about to tell you, but one thing's for sure, those who were on his payroll were paying him, including some of his top lieutenants. Namely, his scheduler, Sarah Kellen, and the woman he called his Yugoslavian sex slave, Nadia Marcinkova. Oh yeah, and let's not forget, he also represented the pilots who flew the infamous Lolita Express and brought all those little girls to people like Bill Clinton and a whole list of others. Who knows? Maybe including certain federal judges. One thing's for sure, folks. The tentacles, whether or not Jeffrey Epstein is still alive, still live on. 
And the more you learn about this, the more you have to face up to the undeniable. Why, even the Daily Mail is having to do it. Their headline says, The judge who signed off on the FBI raid on Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago mansion donated $2,000 to, oh, guess who, Barack Hussein Obama, the guy with more aliases than any other infiltrator into the Oval Office in history. He donated to the Obama campaign, in other words, and he represented Jeffrey Epstein's Lolita Express pilots, his scheduler, and his Yugoslavian sex slave. He left the U.S. Attorney's Office, as it turns out, over a decade ago, and the very next day set up a private practice and started helping staff members, including all of those infamous associates of, uh, yeah, Mr. Pedophile and his camera crew, the spy whom I guess you could argue was not only licensed to kill, but licensed to rape. And guess what, folks? His lackeys are still doing it. Notice the Daily Mail piece, too. Bruce Reinhardt has been accused in a lawsuit of breaking the Department of Just Us policies by using information from his previous job associated with Epstein, it would seem, to benefit himself in the private sector, which they say he denied. But, hey, maybe something came up here that convinced him, go ahead and sign that warrant anyway. Let me say it again, folks. Can any of this be proven? Of course not. But, hey, we can raid the house of a president. Don't even have to worry about that. So who are we kidding? Prove? Come on. Besides, if something really nasty is going on, we let the real perpetrator bleach bit the disk drives and then help her smash them. So let me say it again, folks. Everything about this literally not only stinks to high heaven, but it's banana republic to the Bidenth power. Back when this country at least still paid lip service to the idea of the rule of law, this would have been called the appearance of impropriety. And even that was considered unacceptable. Now you can take a bribe, your crack-smoking whore and son can make sure you get your 10%, Mr. Big Guy, right off the top. You can literally strong-arm foreign dictators and not only take bribes openly and do a little quid pro quo in the process, but then pat yourself on the back for it. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko. They would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked. I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a <laughs> Got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. And just in case you're curious what that word solid means, well, let's just put it this way. Federal judge Bruce Reinhardt is obviously pretty solid, too. And once you've stolen the election, you silence the witnesses and then make sure that you eliminate any potential competition. Oh, yeah, and don't forget to send everybody else a message in the process about what awaits them if they dare to complain. I'm going to make them an offer you can refuse. Let me wrap up this admittedly disgusting series of news items with the final summary from the Zero Hedge piece under the pseudonym, this time, Blue Apples. If Reinhardt's association it ends with the likes of Marcinkova and Kellen reveals anything, it's that the inner machinations of Jeffrey Epstein's human trafficking network live on, even if he does not. The permutations of insulating those involved with Epstein have resulted in the very people who enabled, if not outright participated in his crimes, being rewarded for their efforts by being placed in the highest echelons of federal government. The exposure of that fact should shake those institutions to their core. Well, pause, folks. And the fact that it obviously hasn't shows you just how hideously Nazi-like and corrupt they really are. This, says the author, is the daunting reality that those who would be brought down with the ship know all too well. The mere promise of that foreboding future is enough to explain why the Southern District of Florida has removed any contact information for Reinhardt entirely from his website, an act which serves as a tacit admission of the blatant corruption behind the search warrant he signed off on.
And that, folks, is just a tiny bit of the bigger satanic picture here. So let me ask the really obvious question again. And I think the answer at this point is pretty much undeniable. Do you really think for a microsecond that any of these people are going to allow an honest midterm election to take place this year, or for that matter, ever again? Is there anything, and I mean anything at this point, that they're obviously not more than willing to do? As the week wore on and more came out about the Fourth Reich's enforcement arm, we got to the point where your host had to call things the duh effect, because uh, ultimately you just have to shake your head. But hey, haven't we been doing that a lot lately? Let's start here, courtesy of Paul Joseph Watson and Summit News. The media, or what now passes for it, has stopped describing the raid of Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate as a raid. Once a former top mafioso cum Gestapo agent in post-constitutional America complained <laughs> about how these words are offensive to those who gang-rape the Constitution and the thing they took an oath to, which should stand for most assuredly never believe communists or criminals, and maybe that's the same thing nowadays. Federal agents, of course, raided, ransacked, and destroyed Donald Trump's Florida home, even going through his wife Melania's wardrobes. And unlike every other administration, which has taken papers from the White House for the presidential library once they left, and a whole bunch of other perfectly reasonable things, remember, folks, the president is able to declassify documents on his own say-so. Trump's predecessor, after all, more deserving of a raid than he, arguably, took literally truckloads. But there's more to this story. A retired Gestapo agent, FBI Assistant Director Frank Figliuzzi, told MSNBC, Us agents don't like that word. They don't like it at all, he said. It sounds like some kind of, you know, extrajudicial, non-legal thing. It's the execution of a suspect, or a search warrant. So literally, just seconds later, says a report from Zero Hedge, MSNBC updated their feed to use the term executes search warrant instead of raid. And you know, come to think of it, we don't like the term execution either. It's just what we do to use guys when you deserve it. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. Let's see next, folks, if we can stomach a few more seconds of Merrick Garland and what may, and this is a tall one, I understand, be one of the biggest sets of whoppers ever uttered by an appointed bureaucrat in the history of the once free United States, although arguably that's all behind us now, and this may help us understand why. Faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and of our democracy. And no, I'm not just talking about the fact that he's ignorant of what form of government we once had. Because based on his fruit, this guy's never read the Constitution anyway. Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly, without fear or favor. Unless you're Hitlery, of course, because we have to make some exceptions. Did he really just come right out and insult our intelligence with that? Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly, without fear or favor. Under my watch, that is precisely what the Justice Department is doing. Yeah, he really did. All Americans are entitled to the even-handed application of the law, to due process of the law, and to the presumption of innocence. Unless you petition your government for a redress of grievance, of course, in which case we'll throw you in jail for as long as we feel like and maybe get around to trying you someday. Or, unless you're Alex Jones, in which case we'll just declare you guilty and then take everything you have. 
And if we don't like what you talk about, we will, of course, declare you to be a militia-violent extremist and maybe terminate you with extreme prejudice. But uh, you won't see it coming. And is that what he comes right out and admits next? Much of our work is by necessity conducted out of the public eye. Otherwise, we couldn't have gotten away with things like Russia, 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 or Operation Crossfire Hurricane. And if we intend to JFK this guy, and we just might, we're certainly not going to let you know about that in advance either. We do that to protect the constitutional rights of all Americans. Well, the ones that still matter anyway. We don't give a damn about your right to keep and bear arms. That's why we have to decide whether you, you pee on you, get to have a gun or not. And obviously, if you've been paying attention to what we've been doing with respect to January 6th, you know your right to petition your government for a redress of grievances doesn't mean shit to us. We do that to protect the constitutional rights of all Americans and to protect the integrity of our investigations. <laughs> so it's only fair, I guess, to follow up what may have been one of the biggest lies ever uttered by a U.S. Gestapo chief with one of the biggest liars. This comes from Martin Armstrong, and he actually includes a tweet with a picture from none other than Hillary Clinton herself. It is disgusting. Thankfully, this is radio. You don't have to see the picture. And literally, there's a picture of a smug Hitlery bragging about her, Gestapo, who's able to destroy not only evidence for her, but also enemies, too. Because remember, you all are deplorables. Says uh, Martin Armstrong, Hitlery Clinton, and he didn't spell it right, but I'm going to pronounce it properly, is using the tyrannical Mar-a-Lago raid to sell merchandise. Well, that's not all. She's rubbing people's nose in the fact that one law for me <laughs> and another for thee. She began promoting a hat that says, but her emails. You see, because that's what the deplorables are saying. They're saying, but, 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 what happened to Hitlery? But her emails. Uh, she got away with committing crimes that make anything Trump's even accused of look pretty tame by comparison. Well, the difference is she's part of the club and you're not. Trump's not. The deplorables aren't. And uh, have you figured it out yet? They want you dead, too. She is blatantly bragging, writes Armstrong, that intelligence agencies never dared to come after her in any meaningful way. And I, I'll say it. They didn't come after her, folks. They helped her. They aided and abetted. They didn't take notes. They didn't file any uh, requests. She was never raided in the middle of the night or any time, for that matter. And they helped her bleach bit the drives. They helped her people destroy the data, the evidence. This would be akin to Hunter Biden, he notes, wearing a hat and selling it that says, but for his laptop, but his laptop. I'd say the more appropriate thing with Hunter would be uh, selling crack pipes to fund, uh, you know, Chinese invasion from the south. Oh, yeah. And which disreputable three-letter Gestapo agency has had Hunter's laptop since well before the stolen election? The point is obvious. They're all above the law. They know it. And you know what? So does America. That's what was revealed this week. Can you imagine, and I've heard this asked a thousand times, I've asked it myself years ago, but they just keep up in the ante. Can you imagine, and I think he should have, by the way, but that's a different story, if Trump had had the Clintons' personal residence raided, if he'd used the corrupt FBI and DOJ for political purposes the way it's being used now? I mean, really, folks, they squeal like stuck pigs over fakes, like Russia, 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 things that didn't happen. How about if something really had, and that it actually stung those that were truly guilty of, there's only one word, treason, making war against the American people. Faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and of our democracy. 
Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly, without fear or favor. Under my watch, that is precisely what the Justice Department is doing. All Americans are entitled to the even-handed application of the law, to due process of the law, and to the presumption of innocence. We'll close now with a warning about another Biden Fuhrer executive order, courtesy of Joe Farah at WorldNet Daily. And he notes that some of America's smartest men, including the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, investment guru extraordinaire, have some choice words regarding what's called Executive Order 14067. He called the Biden regime executive order, quote, the most treasonous act in U.S. history. And given what we're seeing of late, that's quite a statement, folks. And along with it, the creation of the CBDCs, or central bank digital currencies, he called those communism in their purest form, encouraging Americans to stay awake. He's joined by Jim Rickards, another economist and one that your host has read for years, investor and former CIA official, who's calling it another step towards the end of cash, or the greenback, the almighty global fiat dollar, which was in circulation anyway up until the creation of the Federal Reserve. It's been gradually phased out and turned into pure fiat, but the new digital tokens are far, far worse because they can be turned off anytime Big Brother doesn't like what you're doing, and they don't even have to bust down your door under false pretenses. Rickers has four decades of experience on Wall Street, and he's been talking about this for quite a while. He criticized the CBDCs, labeling them Bitcoin's evil cousin, and also exposed the supposed singular event called C-Day, which, according to him, will take place this coming December 13th, 2022, and will disrupt traditional financial systems in place in the U.S. He said that when what he calls C-Day happens, paper money would be worthless, and the U.S. dollar, such as it is, would crash. Adding that consumer spending and access to basic needs would also be restricted. People holding too much money would be penalized. Folks, this has been one of those warnings that has been repeated. We've heard it for a long, long time now. The question is, uh, well, on what basis is Rickards making the claim that the due date this time is December the 13th? As you know, your host is skeptical about dates, but not so much when it comes to eventualities like this. Well, the executive order, 14067, is entitled Ensuring Responsible Development of Digital Assets. And, of course, if you apply the rule, you know that means the exact opposite of what the big lie in the title says. The same goes for the Biden puppet's claims in the document that it's consistent with things like United States priorities. (laughs) Yeah, their priorities anyway. And it has privacy protections. Oh, yeah. This is just a bit of how Jim Rickers himself put it in an email that came out earlier this week. Starting with that date, March 9th of this year, when the imperial signature, what now passes for it, was attached. On that day, in a hushed ceremony at the White House, without the approval of Congress, the states, or the American people, Biden signed into law Executive Order 14067. Buried in his order are a few paragraphs titled Section 4. The language in Section 4 makes Order 14067 the most treacherous act by a sitting president in the history of our republic. Because Section 4 sets the stage for legal government surveillance of all U.S. citizens, total control over your bank accounts and purchases, and the ability to silence all dissenting voices for good. In this new war on freedom, the Dems aren't coming for your guns. No, they're thinking much bigger than that. They're coming for your money. And it's already started. At this point, of course, Rickards goes on to introduce himself and lay out a bit of his credentials. I'm a former advisor to the Pentagon, the White House, Congress, the CIA, and the Department of Defense. 
He's also an investment banker, attorney. He's written a whole lot of books about currency, money flows, and things that are coming down. And that includes now. I've never made this kind of public announcement before, but it's my duty to pull the alarm. This is what I believe Section 4 of Biden's order means for all Americans. The U.S. dollar will be made obsolete. Soon your cash will be confiscated or will simply be worthless paper. The cash currency we have now will be replaced with a new programmable digital token. But the truth is, few outside the deep state recognize Biden's move for what it really is. If my predictions are correct, this is so much more sinister than simply replacing the cash dollar with a new digitized version. Friend, this new currency will allow for total control of all American citizens because every digital dollar will be programmed by the government. That means they will be able to turn on or turn off your money at will. Not only that, but they'll be able to track and record every purchase you make. This is very different than online banking and has nothing to do with crypto. It does, however, for those who have been paying attention, sound a whole lot like the mark of the beast, doesn't it? The digital dollar means Dems will be able to punish any contribution, purchase, or even social media comment that they don't like. They've shown what they can do to Alex Jones and anybody else who dares to speak up, but that took a public lynching, uh, masquerading as a trial. This will allow them to dispense even with the circus. And this isn't something years away. It's starting now. Biden's secret army has been hard at work, and U.S. trials are already well underway. And yeah, as he points out, tyrannical regimes around the world are literally salivating for this and working really hard to bring it about on their own docile, subservient citizenries. Jim Rickers goes on to say that he believes Executive Order 14067 will replace the U.S. dollar, the world's reserve currency, with a new one, the digital dollar. He calls it Biden bucks, he says, because I want him to take full credit for what I consider to be crimes. This is not like the money in your online bank account. No, this is new and different. And the problem is they will soon be the sole mandatory currency of the United States. Continued Jim Rickards. When the Biden bucks are rolled out, many experts, myself included, believe we will begin an era of total government control and surveillance. This is not hyperbole because this will dramatically expand the power and influence of the federal government, essentially acting as a new type of spyware. With Biden bucks, Big Brother will be able to force you to comply with its agenda because if you don't, they can turn off your money. This won't be like freezing a bank account. It'll be oh so much easier. You want to keep your internal combustion gas engine car? Forget it. Your digital dollars suddenly won't pay for gas. You'll be forced to buy an electric vehicle. And, of course, it won't have any electricity to run it anyway. Biden calls this the tip of the fascist iceberg, saying that America will become a surveillance state like China or North Korea. Honestly, folks, your host has to say here, that's not much of a prediction. Just look around. Farrah closes by noting, hey, take a look. Read it for yourself. Executive Order 14067, signed March 9th of 2022. And here's the irony, folks. It begins this way. By the authority vested in me by the Constitution and the laws of the United States. And right there, you know the alarm bells are going off. Forewarned is forearmed.